Hi, Dr. Maha. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you, Nestor? Oh, I'm doing well. Not not too bad. Um, so I know we, we, we spoke last week and we mm-hmm. were talking about therapy and, you know, your background. So I'd like to just get started with, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. I'd love that. Um, so... I'm Maha, as you just said. Um, I, I was actually um, in Dubai before New York. I'm currently in New York. Um, but I'm Lebanese, and I grew up in Lebanon. Um, and I studied in London. I did my PhD in psychology in London and my training in psychosexual and relationship therapy uh, in London as well, which basically means that I've been practicing as a sex and relationship therapist for the past several years since I graduated. Um, I was practicing mainly in Lebanon and then in Dubai, so mostly in the Middle East, um, but with many different cultures and backgrounds, um, both in English and in Arabic. Uh, So I've worked with Middle Eastern people um, and Westerners at the same time, individuals and couples, basically. And a few months ago, I uh, relocated to New York, and here I am basically talking to you. (laughs) Yeah, that's... that's, uh... That's a pretty cool story, and you know you've seen a lot of different backgrounds. You've mm-hmm. lived in different countries, so yeah. I think that's amazing. And that I think that kind of you know broadens the way you think about things and people and life. Mm. So I, I think I think that's awesome to have in your background. Thank you. Uh, so you said you specialize in you said psychosexual therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you could you explain what that what what that is and what um. Yeah, I'll stop right there. Just explain a little bit to us what that is. Sure. Uh, Well, in simple terms, it's sex therapy, which basically means that um, I work with individuals and couples who are experiencing sexual difficulties, uh, but from a psychotherapy uh, perspective, not from a medical point of view. So, um, you know, if, if someone is having difficulties or challenges sexually, and of course they're not experiencing any medical issue, um, then most likely it's a psychological um, basis to it or a relationship uh, basis or both. And, you know, it's very mm. complex most of the time. So that's when they come to see someone like me um, to explore the factors, the mental, emotional, relational factors that are contributing so that we can um, both change the, the mental aspect in terms of the way they view sex or their beliefs about sex or educate them properly uh, in addition to providing them with um, exercises and tasks they need to practice at home, either alone or together, um, and possibly working on the relationship to, like, you know, strengthen the connection or intimacy or the trust in the relationship if there are other relational uh, issues going on over there. And these could potentially, hopefully, that's, that's the goal, obviously, uh, improve their sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's... Um... <laughs> I, yeah, that's really interesting, and I, I think I think we can go, we can have um, we can have a whole show on this uh, topic. I oh think yeah, we can probably have a whole series. <laughs> yeah, we can have a whole series on this topic. And I, I I'd love to um, I'd love to you know, do a, uh, a show just on on this topic, but that would be great. Uh, I want I want to circle back to this a little mm-hmm. later in the sure. show, but w- what I wanted to really talk about today, especially you know, this is the first. This is the first podcast episode um, that I'm putting out where, you know, I discuss everything about psychology, therapy, Mm, mm. mental health with with Mm -hmm. therapists and psychologists such as yourself. Mm -hmm. And the first 
thing that comes to mind is is therapy as a whole. Yeah. You know, you know, my back my background is, you know, I grew up with depression and anxiety and attempted suicide twice and I couldn't mm. afford I couldn't when I was looking for therapists, I couldn't get one to see me. Yeah. You know, there were maybe one or two that said okay, but then it was way too expensive. I didn't have the money, so um I ended up just, you know, kind of doing self-help and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been like a 13-year journey and even though it's always an emotional roller coaster and I go through, you know, some downtimes, yeah. I kind of I I know the things that that help me and make me feel better, so I just work on that every day. Mm-hmm. So in my case, you know, I've never been to therapy and, you know, I, I speak for myself. I, like yeah. I said, even though I still go through down periods, uh, you know, I've, I've never been happier, but it mm-hmm. took me about, you know, I, let's say 13 years to like mm-hmm. finally feel really, you know, happy and have these feelings of, wow, this is what happiness is. I can't, I've never felt like this, mm-hmm. but what, let's start with what is therapy? You know, what goes on when someone, you know, from the from the first minute they they sit, you know, on on the couch and they speak to a therapist? Yeah. What goes on from that first visit to you know ongoing therapy? Sure. Okay. Um, but before we get into that, I, I want to say that it, it takes a lot of courage for someone like you to you know, seek out help in whatever form they can find. Because I understand that some people can't afford therapy. And um, a lot of times people, you know, don't know what to do and, and give up and obviously feel hopeless. So mm-hmm. um, I, I admire that you, you know, you not only have the courage to do that, but you also had the persistence and will to yeah. fight and continue to do the things that make you feel happy. So that's great. Thank you. Um, uh, in terms of, you know, going back to the question, what is therapy and how, how does it work or what, what happens? Um, I think that really depends on the approach of the therapist. So it, uh, there's no like one way therapy goes. But generally speaking, the first session is usually an assessment. You know, like the, you know, the client comes to the therapist. Uh, it's mostly about gathering information about who they are why they're here, what are the goals they want to achieve, or what are the difficulties they're experiencing. So so the first couple of sessions are actually going to be more about, like, gathering information to understand uh, who the client is and their background and the factors that have led to the issue that they're experiencing and, obviously, what are their goals. So that takes a few sessions, usually. Um, But, obviously, the first few sessions aren't only about gathering information. So hopefully the therapist can also provide some suggestions or insights already uh, or even some tasks or, um, you know, exercises or, or already, like, ask certain questions that might help the client change their view of things. But like I said, it really depends on the therapist's approach. So there are different forms of therapy. Um, there's, like, mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy, which um, is usually more solution-focused and more short-term. So it's it's mainly focused on changing the thought process or challenging unrealistic and negative thoughts uh, into more realistic thoughts Mm -hmm. and the behavior, which is um, usually like, you know, they give them homework or or assignments uh, to practice. Um, So it's a combination of changing the way you think and engaging in certain behaviors to change your behavior, which will then change the way you feel. You know, Mm -hmm. that's that's the, the... theory basically that they're all connected so that's one approach um there's obviously the psychoanalytical uh, uh domain or area which is usually more long term 
um, I'm not a psychoanalytical therapist, so I, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of expertise in that area. But okay. generally speaking, it's more about delving into the childhood, the unconscious. Um, and it, it's usually more intense and long term, I would say. Okay. Um, other methods are like there's a Gestalt therapy, which is more about the here and now and mm-hmm. uh, like body work. Um, so for example, if something comes up in the session, the therapist focuses on what's happening in the session at the moment, not necessarily on the past or the, or the future, you know? Oh, wow. Uh, I've never, I've never heard of that. It's really interesting. I, I, part of my training was Gestalt, but it's not obviously the main, uh, Mm. method that I use. I, I'm an integrated therapist. So I, I, you know, we, as an integrated therapist, we've learned many different approaches and we combine them. Um, so it's a very interesting uh, concept, and I actually am looking into potentially getting more trained in, in Gestalt <laughs> therapy because I think it's really fascinating. Um, so, I mean, there's many we can talk yeah. about, but <laughs> it really depends on the approach of the therapist. But basically, okay. the therapist is like, um, I, I don't like to see the therapist as someone who's going to solve your problems. It's someone mm. who's going to help you understand the problem and walk with you through the process mm-hmm. of overcoming it and achieving whatever goal you came to achieve. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's like someone walking through the process with you basically, but obviously they have certain skills and expertise and they can offer suggestions and teach you skills and pr- provide you with tools that you won't be able to do alone. You know, that's yeah. otherwise, why would you need someone to, mm-hmm. to help you through the process? Right. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps clarify the question yeah. or the answer. <laughs> no, it, it, so it, 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 it starts to, you know, um, I guess for whoever's listening and for myself too, mm. it starts to help us understand, and, mm-hmm. you know, what the, what the process of therapy is. Uh, and it, it, so now it leads into my second question, which it's, it's a pretty simple question. Um, can I ask something first before you go into yeah, the second question? Go ahead. Sorry. So I, I do want to emphasize, because there's also a lot of misconceptions about therapy, that uh, honestly, from my, from my perspective and my experience, I think one of the most important determinants of success of therapy is the client's dedication and commitment to the process, mm-hmm. not, the th- not necessarily the, the therapist. Of course, it's very important to have a qualified and experienced therapist and a therapist that fits who you are and what you want. Because, you know, you have to connect with the therapist as well. And that's really important. The relationship with the therapist is one of the most important factors. Mm-hmm. But from my experience, you know, a lot of clients come into therapy as like a last resort. They're ticking the box that, oh, I've done therapy, you know. Um, they're not coming into it with a, with a wholehearted commitment to the process. So mm-hmm. it's not just about attending the sessions, whether they're weekly or every two weeks or whatever. It's also putting in the work. That, yeah. you know, between the sessions, whether it's the work in terms of changing the way you think or actually doing the exercises, you know, it's, it's whatever you do between the sessions that matters mm-hmm. the most, not just attending the sessions every week. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I think that's really important for people to, to understand that they have to be ready and willing to do that. Yeah. And, and, and patience, because, yes. you know, when you're, again, I speak, um, you know, from my experience and although mm-hmm. I've never been a ther- mm. therapy, when you're going through like a deep depression or anxiety, you you want an answer right yes. away. You want yeah. help right away. Yeah. And 
if you if you go to therapy, you're not going to get you know the answers, in the, especially yeah. in the first session. So yeah. I think yeah. I think people should should go into it knowing this is going to be you know a, a, a you know for me I think it's going to be a long process. So Absolutely. I, I mean, it took you 13 years 13 to reach years. a point where you're happier, right? So. Yep. Hopefully, therapy shouldn't take 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, it took 13 years because you know, it was just me kind yeah. of doing like soul searching and figuring things out. But you know what? I think it's a, it's a lifetime process, not necessarily therapy. Yeah. Like we have to constantly be growing and developing as human beings, mm -hmm. and, and it's a, it's continuous. It's it's not like a goal that we just reach it and we're done. That's how yeah. I view it, at least. That's my own perspective of life. I'm constantly trying to look for ways to challenge myself and to grow mm -hmm. and to learn. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I don't think it's very helpful to look at life or unhappiness as something just, you know, we're going to solve and that's it. It's done. Mm -hmm. it, it's a constant work. It's just like, it's just like, you know, like physical health. Yeah, you, absolutely. You don't go to the doctor one exactly. time in your life. Exactly. You go at least... You know, you go at least once a year for physical, and then as yeah. you get older, you want to go six times, you know, well, yeah. twice a year, four times yeah. a year. Yeah. That's the same. I, 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 you know, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that people don't think about mm. the one thing that controls probably everything in your body, your brain, mm -hmm. that they don't mm -hmm. look at the brain like, exactly. oh, I should take care of it. Exactly. Yeah. And one other thing is sometimes we can't achieve the goals that you want in therapy. So, for example... I mean, if we were taking the analogy of uh, medicine or health, you know, mm. you might have an illness or a disease that's uncurable, um, but it's about managing the symptoms. So mm -hmm. sometimes, and again, I'm not saying this to make it sound negative or that therapy doesn't work, but I mean, there are situations where, for example, a couple comes to me and they want to, you know, resolve their relationship issues. Sometimes the answer is, you know, th some things can't change and what we need to work on is accepting it, you mm -hmm. know, or leaving each other, one of the two. So my point is that sometimes it's, it's, you don't achieve what you initially, you know, came to achieve, but you need to reach a place where you either learn to accept it or, or see it differently or change something else in the process. Yeah. That's another possible outcome. Yep. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's, you know, it's a, I think it's a hard decision for someone to make because they have yeah. to actually look in within themselves and, mm -hmm. you know, admit some things. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that was great. And so I have, this is, like I said, I think this is an easy question. I, I don't think there, there isn't an answer for this. And we probably already touched upon this, yeah. but, um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, okay, I'll go to therapy. It's going to mm -hmm. be three months. It's going to be yeah. six months. Yeah. Um, I know some, a lot of insurance companies that, um, that pay for insurance, they'll pay for CBT and they'll yes. give you about 12, 12 weeks of therapy yeah. only. Mm -hmm. So how, how long is the therapy process? Like how many times does someone need to go? Is there, is there a minimum, is there a maximum mm. or there's no way to tell? It's, it's really different from one case to the other. It's really hard to tell. Um, some things, you know, after one session, people feel better and they see things differently and they're good. Um, or that's enough for them. Again, some situations it takes years, mm -hmm. but it really depends on their goal and how severe the issue is, how long it's been going on for, and the approach of the therapist, of course, and their relationship with the therapist. And like I said, their commitment to the process. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes I have uh, clients, whether they're individuals or couples, who come to therapy consistently for a couple of months and then 
they start skipping sessions or go like a month or two without coming to therapy, that's going to prolong the process. I mean, inevitably, mm-hmm. it's going to prolong things, right? So it really depends. Unfortunately, there's no answer. Um, yep. But I, I can say that, generally speaking, people should start to feel like it's helping in one way or another after a few sessions, mm-hmm. whether it's helping them understand things better or helping them already feel better or something needs to be, you know, improving. And of course, I'm not suggesting that things are going to be resolved to- completely after a few yeah. sessions, but, but they should start to feel that, you know, there's a benefit to this after a few sessions. If they're not at all, um, then they might need to, you know, I, I, w- I would raise it with the therapist, you know, bring mm-hmm. it up. It's either that they need to change the approach or that's not the right therapist for them or the goals are not clear. Something needs to, you know, be clarified or, or changed at that point. But yeah. on average, like with me, I, I tell mm-hmm. clients that it could take on average from two to six months of mm-hmm. weekly consistent sessions. Mm-hmm. But some things could take longer and some things yeah. could take less time. It really depends. Like I've had a client, for example, for four years, but because his goals constantly changed, he came to mm-hmm. me for one thing <laughs> and then, you know, he wanted to continue because he wanted to work on other things. Yeah. Um, and other people I've worked with a few months and, you know, um, they're on a much better place. So it really depends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and it also, and it also, I would, I would guess or assume that it also would help if you're actually taking whatever the tips, advice mm-hmm. and listening exactly. and working in, in between those sessions, working exactly. on themselves as well. Yep. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So I have another question I've been thinking about as well, because sure. I, I, I don't know at all. But you were talking about CBT and mm-hmm. other forms of therapy. Mm. How does how does does a therapist choose this while someone's in in therapy? Like this would be the best route for you, mm. or best. Um, mm. Who 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 makes the choice and who's involved in making this decision? Okay, good question. Um, usually, therapists have a certain uh, approach, whether they're integrated or eclectic like myself, or they are, let's say a CBT therapist or a Gestalt therapist or a psychoanalyst. So uh, the therapist should have a clear approach or an eclectic approach. Um, so depending on the approach, they should be specialized in uh, working with certain um, psychological disorders, let's say. So for example, CBT is very uh, commonly used for depression and anxiety. Okay. Uh, But some people with depression might want to go to a psychoanalyst. So I think it depends. First of all, is the client referred from a, uh, from a psychiatrist or are they self-referred? You know, I think the psychiatrist or medical, uh, doctor that's going to refer them would probably, refer based on insurance i'm guessing um i mean i don't know about how it works here but like in in dubai um the psychiatrist is going to refer to probably like a clinic or a therapist that does take insurance Mm -hmm. and most likely cbt most likely Okay. Uh, because it's short term, you know, it's limited with insurance, etc. Mm-hmm. So, so it depends on what's the driver. But let's yeah. say a client wants to seek out a therapist himself. Um, they would usually look up therapists uh, who work with whatever they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the therapist should 
like if it's something that they're that's not within their field uh, or or that they don't work with or is not uh, they're not experienced and they should refer the client over to someone else who is um so for example i don't work with severe depression or severe anxiety because that's not my specialty and i don't have a lot of experience with that so if if i you know i've gotten a couple of clients in the past uh that wanted to see me because of these issues and i I had to refer them to someone else because that's not my field Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I haven't. I feel like I'm not. No, 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 no. You, you actually, angles. you actually, no, you actually, you actually did answer it. And, and I think that's, that's the whole thing about therapy is that it's kind of, um, it's kind of a mystery. And, mm. you know, I, us on this side don't know much. And mm. I, you know, I don't even think that psychologists, therapists or counselors have all the answers either. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Psychology on on a whole as a science is, is fairly new. It's only kind of, it's only, I was reading about it. Um, I, it's only, it's like a baby science, like over yeah. 150 years old only. So yeah. it's, yeah. everything's fairly new. I think everybody yeah. is still learning. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that, but, that's one of the things that why, one of the reasons why I think it's, it's so interesting psychology because it's so new and there's still so much to learn about psychology exactly. and the brain as well. Absolutely. But bottom line is therapists usually have a, a specific approach that they abide by or that they're trained in. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's not like a therapist is usually trained in all of the different approaches mm-hmm. and they pick one depending on the client. But some, some therapists will be like, you know, some therapists have trained in many different modalities. And then, mm-hmm. of course, depending on what the, the client needs, they will tailor their treatment accordingly. Um, okay. so, but usually the therapist has a, a specific approach that they use and, and it either works for whatever the client, uh, needs mm-hmm. or, and if it doesn't, then they obviously need to refer uh, to someone else. Okay. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. I think that, 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 that's a, that's a fair and uh pretty, um, clear answer of mm-hmm. you know what, what I was trying to get to. Um, so you, you mentioned, you mentioned tools before, uh, yeah. you know, the therapist gives you advice, tools, things to work on. So what, what, what are those, those tools that therapists or, or you have, um, you know, suggested for people to use so they can work throughout in between those sessions? Okay. Um, so again, it depends on what the client is here for, but I can talk, I can speak yeah. for myself according to okay. my experience. So obviously most of the time, people come to see me for either sexual or relationship issues or both. So some of the tools could be like communication training. You know, a lot of couples have, um, it's not that they don't communicate, but they communicate ineffectively. Um, and part of it is teaching them proper communication skills, for example. So there's like a certain, um, um, guide or uh, exercise that I would practice with them in the, in the session, have them practice together in the session, and then obviously uh, recommend that they practice it at home to strengthen their communication style, for example. So that's one um, idea of a tool. Mm-hmm. Other tools could be um, uh, mindfulness training or um, relaxation videos that they could, um, or breathing exercises, for example, to help, um, manage anxiety or stress when, when they're, you know, feeling like they're a little bit, uh, tense or Mm -hmm. having some anxiety about some issue. 
um, other tools I'm thinking about, obviously when it comes to like sexual issues, there are exercises that they need to practice at home, uh, whether alone or, or together to, um, under explore their bodies, to understand each other's sexuality, uh, and, the, and their own sexuality better, um, to learn to, um, overcome whatever anxiety or challenge that they're having sexually. So obviously there are different exercises. I can't go into each one in detail <laughs> right yeah. now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it depends on what they're, they're struggling with. Uh, mm -hmm. Another tool could be, it's a CBT tool. Um, for example, it's called the negative thoughts records. Uh, I really mm -hmm. like this exercise because mm -hmm. you know how a lot of the times we all get negative thoughts that we feel we can't control, right? All the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, it really makes us feel anxious or angry or sad, whatever the negative feeling we're feeling at the time mm -hmm. as a result. So this is also a tool. Uh, you can actually Google it and you'll find the sheet uh, online. Actually, I don't mean to cut you yeah, off, but go ahead. Um, there's a there's a therapist, mm -hmm. uh, Linda Santana. She mm -hmm. actually recorded mm -hmm. a, a a piece on this that's actually on the Santa Monica oh, app. Uh, yeah. yeah, negative thought records. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, just to briefly explain mm -hmm. it, it's it's a sheet that helps you write down your thoughts and go through a process of basically challenging your negative thoughts looking at things in a more realistic way to help you then feel less anxious or angry or sad or whatever. So mm -hmm. this is one example of a tool as well that we can um, teach clients. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like I said, they need to practice it at yep. home <laughs> on a regular basis. Otherwise, yep, it's just not, you know, it's just going to go to waste. That hour and money that they spend in therapy is, is pointless. Yeah. 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 Yep. I, I know. It's, it's just, but when you go to the doctor and the doctor mm -hmm. says, "Oh, you know, you might, you know, you have high cholesterol. Let's mm -hmm. put you on it. Let's put you on a different diet." You, mm. you can't just go to the doctor and say, "Oh, I have high cholesterol," and then not get on that diet. Exactly. So it's, it's the same thing, and I think analogies work. In, you know, absolutely. That's a understand. great analogy. Or yeah. like, you need to change your lifestyle. You need to exercise two or three mm -hmm. times a week. Or yeah, like you said, eat healthier. But then yeah. they don't do the work that they require, and then their health doesn't get better, and you know they're not happier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and the doctor is a bad doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or medicine yep. doesn't work, you know, because yeah. you know I went to the doctor and I'm not better. <laughs> Where is mm -hmm. that magical pill that will solve everything? <laughs> yeah, and I, we we talked about this too. Like I brought up, you know, like having a physical trainer mm. is yeah, it's, yeah. It's you know everybody everybody would love to have a physical trainer. Like oh, I have a physical trainer, Absolutely. personal trainer. Mm -hmm. But I think what's also cool is to have. You know, let's call it a mental health trainer mm -hmm. who is a therapist or psychologist or counselor. I I think that would be cooler than having a personal trainer because you can have all the muscles in the world. Yeah, I guess you could be, you know, a, a physical an athlete or yeah. a boxer. But you know, there's nothing. Even sports, they say, you know, it's eighty percent mental. Yeah, um, the coaches, the strategy, everything. Mm -hmm. So having a like a therapist that you can go to. Every week, twice a week. For me, if I had a therapist on speed dial that I could talk to <laughs> anytime I wanted, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I wanted, so you talked about tools and, you know, you talked about therapy and a lot of people, you know, they see, oh, well, why can't you just, you know, in that first meeting, why can't you just give me the tools and yeah. then, you know, I'll practice them. Um, yeah. I'm in a lot of groups 
on Facebook mm. groups and depression mm. anxiety groups and I read a lot about this stuff online mm. Mm. and a lot of these people that are in these groups are people that you know haven't been to therapy or been to therapy once and didn't like it mm. didn't think it mm. didn't think it worked mm. um, and I remember I see one comment um, somebody went to therapy yeah. two or three times and that person said oh I just took you know the tools they gave me and then I went on to work on it myself yeah so is therapy more of like a place where someone can just speak to someone and get tools, but maybe just speaking to someone that's, you know, unbiased helps. Mm. Um, or like, is therapy something that I, I don't know, even know if I'm framing it right, but you know, if, if there are the tools that can help me you yeah. know, while I'm not in therapy, can I just have those tools and work on myself and then maybe just talk to friends or people on the street or on the internet? Like what, what really is I the guess, benefits of therapy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm asking because I want to know too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it is a great question because a lot of people go through the same question: like, do I need therapy? Is it necessary? Um, why can't I just do it myself? Um, it's interesting that you bring up the personal trainer example because that's how I think about therapy too. And like you said, if I, I think one of the biggest problems is that a lot of people can't afford therapy. Let's assume that everyone could afford therapy. Do you think pretty much everyone, again, not everyone, but most mm. people would want to go to therapy? Oh, no, I, I think they still wouldn't. You, why not? Because now it's just easy, an easy-to-have thing, and, and people would just overlook it, just like going to the doctor. You most people so? have insurance and won't mm. go to a physical checkup once a year. Mm. Or is it because of the stigma attached? Oh, yeah, uh, that one too. Yeah. So imagine if it wasn't a stigma and it was actually something, you know, pretty good. Like people thought it was useful and they could afford it. Would people go to therapy more often, you think? I would. Okay. Well, we don't know about other people, obviously. But mm -hmm. my point is that I think the stigma around therapy plays a big role. And I don't think people would be asking this question that much if there mm -hmm. wasn't that much of a stigma and if they could afford it. Um, yeah. That's my view on it. I don't know. But you're absolutely right. People can do things themselves, for sure. Mm. But not everyone can. And it really depends on on the situation and, and how severe it is and what your goals are, like I said. So mm -hmm. examples of things people can do on, on their own. Definitely, I would say, educate yourself. And I wouldn't go to Google first thing because, you know, you will find the best and worst things on Google and then you'll yeah. become paranoid that you have everything that's written on the Internet. Mm -hmm. So I definitely don't recommend that. <laughs> I would go to books, self-help books, personal development books, books, mm -hmm. definitely. That's one thing that I would definitely recommend to people. Like you said, friends are a great source, social support, because mm -hmm. we all ultimately need connection. We all need relationships. We all need to feel loved and wanted and cared for um so if if you're isolated and you don't have a social support network that's gonna affect you negatively for sure mm -hmm. um another thing people can do is engage in activities and hobbies that make you feel better and make you happy and and these are healthy activities i'm talking about um one thing i'm a huge fan of for myself and people is to be more connected to nature i think nature yes. in and of itself is very therapeutic so if people go hiking more often, just spend time outdoors, whether it's a walk on the beach or just looking at the sea or, you know, looking at the mountains or just taking in air, you know, fresh air. 
um, being surrounded by trees, just being in nature, I think, on its own is very therapeutic. And there's actually studies, you know, done mm-hmm. to, to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at, like, you know, uh, mindfulness or, or progressive relaxation videos on YouTube just to help you relax, to help you manage stress. Um, like you said, groups, there are a lot of um, uh, support groups out there. Some of them are free, too. If you can find free groups, that's mm-hmm. even better, you know. So there are things people can do on their own, for sure. But it's going to take work and time, just like therapy yeah. will. But I think mm-hmm. with therapy, you have someone guiding you. You have someone yes. um, helping you. You know, so- sometimes one of the biggest benefits of therapy is talking out loud to someone, like a sounding board, having a sounding board. Yeah. Um, and like you said, absolutely, having someone who's neutral and objective uh, plays a big role because it's not like getting advice from friends and family. It's different. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I, I don't like to see a therapist as someone who gives advice. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, they're supposed to be helping you come up with the solution, you know, but, but guide you through it and suggest things. Of course, they offer suggestions. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're not getting much from them, but not yeah, give you like, advice. It's, it's different. Uh, again, I go back to the analogy of a, a personal trainer. You know, yeah, you have you have a personal trainer who actually helps you through different you know mm-hmm. exercises, mm-hmm. and and you know you you have someone to be accountable to. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't have a personal trainer, and I go to the gym yeah. to exercise. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing at the gym when yeah. I exercise. Exactly. You know, I, well, that's the thing you don't know the benefits you could have if you had a personal trainer. Exactly. So exactly. if you if you did go to therapy. We don't know if you would actually be happier or maybe it would be, it would have taken you less time to reach mm-hmm. where you are today, you know? So, um, I would think so. <laughs> you know, I think if yep. you had had the opportunity to go to therapy that you, it probably wouldn't have taken you 13 years and who knows, you might have yeah. explored parts of yourself that you haven't, you know, connected with yet, um, been able to, uh, change the way you see things to, you know, in a, in a more realistic and healthy way, sooner, easier. Not that therapy is an easy process, of course. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. Yeah, it yeah. is challenging at times, for sure. But, but that's a good thing. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you're not going to benefit. I'm a huge believer of, um, you know, you have to do something challenging to, to change, to grow. And an analogy I love... Uh, I, I don't know the, the details of it, biologically speaking, but muscles, for example, you know, our muscles in our body, for them to actually grow, they need to break down to a certain degree. Not yeah. completely, but you need to break them down a little bit for them to grow. So mm-hmm. I, I love that analogy in terms of life, you know, our, our, our experience, our view of life, our feelings. We need to actually be challenged and kind of break down, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to a certain degree yeah. for us to grow and to, and to change. Yeah. I, like, I, you know, it's when you're, when you're working out, let's say if you're just, you know, I'm, I'm not some muscle guy yeah. or bodybuilder, but mm. when you're, when you're doing weights and it mm. starts to hurt, that's mm-hmm. when they say you have to push harder. And then when your muscles are sore, that's mm. when they're actually, you know, um, again, I, I don't know much about this, but when yeah, your muscles yeah. are sore. That's when they're getting bigger and, and stronger. So I guess, you know, with therapy, it's like you, you say, you know, you kind of got to break down a little bit, but yeah. you kind of like have to maybe get into that pain to get exactly. through it to become Absolutely. better. Absolutely. You have to get through the pain. Yes. The yeah, only but, way out is through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Without, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, th- this has been great. Now, now I want to get into a little bit about, you know, like the, like technology and tech and there are a lot of tons, there are tons of, of new apps coming out mm-hmm. every day for, for mental health. Mm. Um, you know, there are some big ones like Talkspace where you just text a therapist, mm. uh, video. Um, there are others like Headspace and Calm mm. where it's mm. meditation and Headspace is now getting into trying to get FDA approval for, um, for psychologists and therapists to be able to prescribe Headspace. As, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, which is funny because, uh, when I first started thinking about Sanomine, like doing it like two, like about three, two, mm. three years ago, mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, one day I want therapists to be able to prescribe Sanomine. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking, I, I don't know how, how the hell am I going to get that done? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I have no connections to insurance. So when when Headspace came out with that news a couple months ago, I thought, wow, you know, that's, hmm. I'm I'm on the right track, and you know, I'm working with therapists and psychologists. It's not just meditation. So yeah, I think yeah. maybe one day I can get there with Santa Mind. Yeah. But I want to talk about like what what do you think are so there's something called like a you know this artificial intelligence and machine mm. learning which mm. it you know it learns what if you're texting a artificial intelligence bot it learns what you're saying yeah. and how you're feeling and it gives you you know answers based on what it learns so i i forgot the name of the company but um they're a startup and it's basically an an artificial intelligence therapy therapist mm. bot uh, they they're not con- it's not considered therapy yeah. but people text and it texts back and you can text mm. it, oh, I'm, you know, I'm depressed or whatever. I haven't used it, but you can actually, you know, a lot of people have been saying, wow, I, I don't know that this is a machine on the other side mm. and it's empathetic. You know, I'm feeling it's helping me. Mm. Like, what do you think about all this new technology and how do you, if, if, if someone is that's listening, you know, is looking for either therapy or online therapy or a therapy mm. bot, what would you? What advice would you give them to find mm. what best solution for them or what works for them? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I never thought of that. <laughs> um, and and it's the first time I learned about this uh, therapy bot, which is exciting and scary at the same time. To be honest, I, I, actually, I think it's, I think the website, their website, I think it's X two, like okay. X, yeah, the, yeah, the number two dot yeah. AI. Okay, um, and, I'll, I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's so, pretty amazing. And I think they've been yeah. working on it for a couple of years. And, I mean, they have smart people working on it, data scientists, machine yeah. learning yeah. engineers. So they're working really hard on it. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, what 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 do you think? Should people – or not should people or, you know, or le- tell us what you think about, okay. you know, texting a therapist yeah, or a yeah. video conference. So, I mean, I do some online sessions. So uh, mm. the, the video calls or, you know, phone calls – uh, as much as I prefer the in-person sessions, um, they're definitely a, a great alternative for people who can't attend in person or for whatever reason, it's more convenient to have a, a session, you know, through a video call or a phone call. But you still have that human element. You know, mm-hmm. the person you're talking to is a human being. Um, so, you know, when you were talking about that bot, my mm-hmm. first thought, well, first of all, it kind of scared me because I'm like, oh, um, you know, that could go in very bad directions if the bot is responding in ways 
that is actually more harmful to some people, you know. But that could also happen in therapy with other therapists. Not that it <laughs> yeah. can't happen, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's just the, the, just to just to like clarify one thing yeah. though about them. They're you know although they're a team of engineers, mm. they have also a you know like a board of advisors who of are course. you know doctors, psychologists, I would hope psycho- so. psycho- <laughs> yeah, working with them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I, I would assume so. I would assume that technology would have to know everything that's inside. The DSM, you know, the yeah. book that they use to yeah. diagnose people. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. Like, even though you have a DSM and, and diagnosis and treatments and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. every person is different. Yeah. So I still, you know, I don't think you can have one manual or one guideline that fits all. Mm-hmm. It's, things have to be tailored and adjusted according to every person. Um, that's my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that could potentially work for an app or like a, a robot or an, a, you know a, a bot mm-hmm. is humanistic therapy. So humanistic therapy is um, car- based on Carl Rogers. It's mm-hmm. basically when the therapist is mainly just reflecting back what the client is saying and based on unconditional positive regards. So basically non-judgmental. Um, accepting the client for who he is and whatever he is, basically, or he or she. Um, but the basis of it is, if a client says something to me, my response isn't to give suggestions or advice or whatever. My response is to kind of mirror it back or paraphrase it back. So I'm mm-hmm. like a sounding board to the client, gotcha. right? Yeah. Um, and um, so that that I mean, I can imagine a you know, an app or a bot doing that, mm-hmm. that the, I, there isn't much more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like they're offering suggestions or advice or problem solving or so. Is I it don't just, know. is it, is that, is that, um, is that just like humanistic therapy? Is it mm. to make the, the, the human or the person, you know, just think, think things through themselves? Themselves. Exactly. Questions? They come up okay. with it themselves. They come up with things themselves. Right. Uh, exactly. I, I think I would love that therapy yeah. because I love sitting down and just thinking about mm-hmm. things and just yeah. going off in, in my own mind. So the foundation of my training was humanistic, but that, again, like I said, I'm not just a humanistic therapist, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the basis of my training. Um, it, it is great. But again, like I said, it really depends on the client because some clients will love that. Some clients mm-hmm. won't. Some clients need that. Some clients it wouldn't benefit. So yeah. it really depends. Um, but yeah, I don't know about the AI. Honestly, it's scary to me, but I think it's because it's new and it's unknown. Yeah, Just like course. anything that's new and unknown, it's going to scare us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like texting or talking to a, an, another therapist over the phone or a call or texting. To me, that's less scary because there's another human you're interacting with. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, and it's not just me. There's a lot of research and, you know, theories behind the fact that the, the relationship with the therapist is a big part of success of the therapy. So mm-hmm. I think that human element is missing when you're interacting with a bot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now you just made me think of think of a question because yeah. you know obviously I, all I think about the most of the things I think about have to do with Sanomine and mm. me mm. working on the product and building the business. Mm-hmm. So you said 
you know, having to build a relationship with mm. the therapist or mm. having a relationship with a the therapist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've read uh, uh, stats on when, I, when I'm looking around for stats around mental health uh, that usually people go through two to four therapists mm. before they find the one that they feel mm-hmm. comfortable with and continue mm-hmm. therapy with that person. Now, that's, you know, pr- pretty expensive. Not- yeah. So what do you think is not the best, but what's a good way to figure out like, hey, I might be compatible with this person mm. because I know, you know, we have websites where you can, you know, look at the picture, the specialties and read a, yeah. a bio. Yeah. Um, and then you have other websites that match you to therapists. Um, you have some you have some websites where therapists will, you know, give a video bio of themselves. Yeah. And then you have Sanomine where you have, you know, content created by therapists and psychologists yeah. where they're actually talking about, mm. um, you know, different different um, techniques, advice or mm-hmm. things you can do from meditation to, you know, what is therapy, what is depression, very yeah. educational. Yeah. So uh, what, 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 what would you suggest to people to do when they're looking for a therapist? That's a great question because I was actually been reflecting on my own personal experience too because mm-hmm. I've been in therapy too many years ago and not too long ago too. Mm-hmm. Um, one, well, the first thing is definitely to check on the um, therapist's website or wherever their bio is if they work with the issues that the client is looking for. That's definitely the first thing I would do. <laughs> yeah. you know, does this therapist work with what I need? Because mm-hmm. if not, they're out. There's no point pursuing someone who, ha- who has no expertise or experience in the specific topic that I'm, you know, looking to work on, right? Yes. Um, but let's assume they do. First of all, you get a feel of the therapist from their website. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm assuming they have a website, but most people nowadays have a website. There's a feel that you get. And I think you need to really, like, listen to that intuition, that's my. That's one of the first things that I would do. If I feel comfortable, if, if I feel like I could connect to that person, there's something there. Mm-hmm. But other things you can do are, you know, if they have uh, blogs or articles or uh, podcasts or any, like if they've um, contributed in any way, whether it's mm-hmm. audio, video, or written, um, look at look at these things because you get a feel again of the person's personality approach uh perspective from whatever they write or how they present themselves uh, whatever it is that you can find that they've mm-hmm. done basically so i think you really have to you know feel like you could connect with them mm-hmm. uh, you get an intuition but the more information you can get from them uh, from different sources like i said either from written content from them or audio content or whatever the more of a feel you can get, <laughs> you know, you can yeah. form an impression of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really believe that our body tells us a lot of information and it sends us messages all the time. And I, I, I really, really believe in like, you know, f- listening to our gut feeling. So mm-hmm. if, if you feel comfortable, if you have a good feeling about that person, have a session with them and you'll, you'll have a more clear idea after the session. Um, but if God, you don't wow. feel good, or even from the first session, you don't feel good, then I would, I would go with that feeling, you know? Yeah. That's my, that's what I would do personally. Also, okay. you need to take into consideration some people prefer a male therapist or a female therapist. So that's another factor to uh, look into or an older therapist or younger therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about how comfortable you feel with the person. 
Yeah. So you you just mentioned, you know, like that first session mm. um, after you do all your due diligence online mm-hmm. and yeah. looking around. And now, you know, now a lot of therapists are also on, on Instagram now. Yeah, exactly. LinkedIn, so there's yeah. more tools that you could use. Mm-hmm. So from doing all that stuff and that mm. session, do you think there's something in between all that um, research on a therapist and the session? Like, could there be something in between that where, you know, maybe there's a, I guess you guys do do it already. Phone consultations yeah. that are free. Oh, okay. of course. I mean, not every not every therapist has a free phone consultation, but if, most therapists would have a phone call with the client before, whether it's a ten minute call, just to get an idea of like what they're looking for and mm-hmm. booking an appointment and all that stuff. So yeah, you most likely you will be able to get a five ten minute phone call with people. Now, not necessarily a consultation, but you probably yeah. would be able to have a brief conversation with them over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is yeah. This is this is this is really good stuff, you know, because I'm asking for people that are listening, but I'm mm. also asking because you know I I I really don't know, and I'm asking questions mm. because you know I I always like to learn these things. But um, yeah. So I guess you know we're gonna, we're probably gonna wrap up soon. But what? Let me see. One last question I wanted to ask you, which mm-hmm. uh, slipped slipped my mind. But, um, <laughs> it happens yeah. to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slipped my mind, but. I, I'm just going to leave it, you know, we can end off. I'm going to leave it, leave the, give the floor to you and, you know, let us know, you know, where, let everyone know where they can find you. Tell us, you know, anything you want to say about yourself, anything you want to close out with about therapy or anybody who's struggling, you know, the floor is yours and sure. take it away. Great. Thank you. First of all, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks again, Lester. Really. Me too. Um, I, I do want to, suggest a book for everyone to read that was like one of the first self-development or personal development books i read that i think everyone should read it's called the road less traveled i don't know if you've read it i've heard of it it. yeah yeah it's a great book um you know I, i think there are a lot of great concepts that are very relevant to therapy in that book so if anyone's interested in like personal development or therapy or anything it's a really great book that i think everyone can read or should read um, so I will I'm going to pick that. it up too now. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of where people can find me, I, as you said, Instagram is now a thing. So I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I am on Instagram uh, at Dr. Maha, Dr. spelled out, uh, Dr. Maha. Um, okay. I also have a, face, a Facebook page, uh, Dr. Maha Nasrallah. Um, and I have a website. I'm currently designing a new website. So the website that I have at the moment is very basic, just my basic information. Uh, but it's drmahanasrallah.com. So hopefully soon I will have a new and much more um, interesting and uh, informative website coming up in the next few weeks, hopefully. But this okay. is what I have at the moment. People can email me. Um, nasrallamaha at gmail.com as well if they have any questions or anything. Okay, yeah, and I'll, and I'll put this all in, in the notes on the so when people are looking at the podcast notes, it'll be in the notes as well so they can Perfect. find you easy. All right, Great. well, yeah, that, like you, you know, I've enjoyed the conversation as well. Uh, these are questions that I always have for myself and um, it was very informative. I took down some notes as well too. Because, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, thank you. And thanks for, you know, joining me today. It's my pleasure. And obviously this is my, my own view of things. I'm sure other therapists yep. will have different views. Um, but that's what makes life interesting, I think.
Yeah, these are these are our views. Nobody yes. else's, and we speak for ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again, Nestor. Yeah. Thank you.